Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's Tannehill and Spiller PowerCat podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor, and it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC gig-powered studios. Here are your hosts, former K-State tight end Travis Tannehill and former Wildcat safety Monte Spiller. Welcome to this week's Tannehill and Spiller podcast. I'm your host, Travis Tannehill, host as well, Mr. Monty Spiller. How we doing, Monty? We here, man. Huh? Eight and four. You predicted it. Shoot. In my, in, uh, my defense... I predicted eight wins, not eight and four. I always say just the wins because then you can get bailed out by a bowl game. That's so true. So if That's it's true. seven wins, you just say, oh, well, I knew we were going to win the bowl game. And then if it's eight wins and they lose the bowl game, or even eight wins and they win the bowl game, it's like, well, I, I just meant eight regular season wins. So uh, for all you win predictors out there, uh, that's a veteran move. Just say just say how many wins you think, and then you get uh, you get a little grace there exactly. on, the, on the bowl game. So starting off, first off, Congrats to all the uh, all the high school state champions yes. football. Unfortunately, your Rock Creek Mustangs uh, were not there. We but, were uh, we were not, but you know, hey, you're rebuilding, rebuilding, and, and it's one of those things where uh, you understand it. And a lot of teams that were in the state championship uh, were in similar situations as we were this year, a couple of years ago. So, like I tell our kids, anything is possible. But it was some good football happening um, this past weekend uh, around the state. And, you know, the weather they got, considering, you know, the games were played earlier in the day, that's good for state football oh, in yeah. the state of Kansas, man. Yep, absolutely. And so. kind of go down the list here. 6A Derby, 5A Mill Valley, 4A Bishop Miege, 3A Andale, 2A Nemaha Central, 1A Centralia, 8-man um, Canton Galva, 8-man 2 Osborne. Yeah. So we were touching on that Canton Galva game. I think they were down like 36-0. Canton Galva was there one score away from getting – Run ruled basically, yeah, yeah. Um, and and then they came back like sixty six unanswered. That's I mean, crazy. Like I don't know. I've ne- you've never seen that in a football game ever. I don't care at what level. I don't care if it's third grade pee wee. That's <laughs> a, you know that's the highest level of uh, yeah. you know sm- you know small small town Kansas football, but that's the highest level in that division. So I- I'm excited. I'm going to go back and find that film and actually watch that game and just kind of see like. Do they just have like 18 turnovers in the first half? Like, how do you play that poorly and then that well? Yeah, I don't know who the head coach is for Canton Galva, but talk about making halftime adjustments. No kidding. That's an understatement. And also, real quick before we move forward, um, shout out to Derby um, and former K State player, their head coach, Brandon Clark. So uh, he's doing a phenomenal job down in Derby and their program is rolling. So shout out to Derby as well and Coach Clark and his staff. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, we follow. It's, it gets. It's hard to follow 
all of your sports teams that you I mean, you follow the Chiefs, you follow K-State, you follow the Big 12. I mean, we, we have to, you know, not have to. We get to talk about it um, on air and, and get asked to do some stuff in the media. So we, we kind of have to stay up on it. Um, and, and it's kind of hard to stay up on all the high school stuff. It's hard <laughs> to stay up, you know, on Junction City, Manhattan, and Wamigo sometimes yeah. and Rock Creek. So, uh, so shout out, you know, Kansas pregame. Um, they do a great job they on do. Twitter, they do. Uh, providing some great high school content. Sports in Kansas does a great job. Uh, I know some of the some of the Wichita stations and Topeka stations do a really nice job, and then right. K Man here as well. Uh, they do a great job of covering the regional guys. So those high school guys, they work just as hard as anyone. Um, congrats to all of them. State championships coming home. I never got one. I got really close. <laughs> we got our butt waxed by uh, by Hutchinson yeah. one year. They were really good back then. Back in the day when Dryling was the head coach. Yep, they, Dryling. They, yeah, they gave yeah. us the. I remember our coach having to give us the. Uh, you know, we were pretty sheltered youth where I grew up, <laughs> and uh, he he had to give us the talk of like, all right, now. You're going to hear that that coach on the other sideline is going to say some bad words. <laughs> and I, I remember, like, second play of the game, just F this, F that. I'm like, what? We're, like, 16 years old. What like, the heck is what happening? What <laughs> Yeah, so that was, a, that was an eye-opening that, oh, my goodness, this is uh, – those those boys from Hutchinson, are, they, they, love their, uh, they love their high school football. Definitely, definitely. All right. 27 Cats, to baby. 17. Yeah, 27 17. You know, man, you were at the game. I was at the game. Um, young blood opens it up. Shoot, when, I wasn't even in my seat yet. Thank goodness I was, and I got a chance to witness it. But man, that kid—he is special. First of all, and we'll get to it a little bit later. I'm giving applause, kudos, shout out to the fans that came to the game because I—if you were watching the game, you could tell it was cold. But the wind on TV didn't give justice to how cold it was on the field and in the stadium. But there was a significant crowd there, and they got loud. So shout out to those who came to the game and started the game. But some of them kind of trickled out as the game moved forward. But we'll <laughs> touch on that later. But, yeah. hey, it was a big win. You know, the Cats jumped out early. It's one of those things I know Coach Kleiman and the staff will get fixed. You know, we, we started out fast. We started out fast against West Virginia on the first play of the game, you know, going deep. And then we, we started out fast here, get up 14 nothing, But all of a sudden, we kind of lose the momentum and allow a team to fight back. But – we got the win. Yeah, no, that uh, – man, this kickoff return unit. I mean, that was one of the big question marks for this for this Kansas State team. And I was on the side of, uh, you know, especially this first year, these special teams are probably going to be if, – if, if they're neutral. Yeah. You know, if we're not giving up punt returns for the touchdowns going the other way, if we're not – if our kickoff unit isn't giving up kickoff returns and, you know, we're doing a nice job of flipping the field, like, you know, that's probably a win. They got enough to worry about installing a new offense and installing a new defense. But, shoot, it just kept on rolling. Right. And – and this kickoff return unit's been exceptional. I think that's three for Youngblood this year. And then punt return's been pretty darn good. Yeah. Um, we kicked the ball well yeah. into a freaking blizzard, yeah. <laughs> into, a, into a swirly wind, yeah. uh, swirly yeah. wind day. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, Blake Lynch. There we go. Couldn't yeah. think of the kicker's name. Yeah. <laughs> now it's there. L- L- <laughs> Little Lynch. <laughs> Little Lynch doing a nice job. Yeah, he Strong, got all big, of that, too. Big leg, I, yeah, man. that was big coming leg. right at us. And... You know when that when that ball is flipping end over end, and uh-huh. it's that's as aerodynamic as it can get. It cuts through that wind, but if you don't hit that just right, and you got a little side axis uh, to that ball, that's when that wind can really carry it. So man, he he hit that ball 
probably about as well as he's hit it all year yeah. on that one kick. And he said that in the postgame show that that was probably the, the best kick of the year. But, man, just an overall great team win. It was. Defense played well. Offense Defense, played yeah. well. It was, a, it was a fun game to watch. It is. And it's one of those things where I know watching the game is funny. After we scored the um, initial touchdown on the kickoff return and then we were uh, moving um, to the north of the, uh, of the stadium, uh, big drive, and, and you see a running back in number 28. I had, I'm not going to lie. I had no idea who the kid was. <laughs> and, I, and I said to my son, I said, who is, who is 28? And sure enough, they hand the ball off to him, and he pretty much walks into the end zone on, untouched. So me and, like, everybody else around me go to my phone to find out, you know, go to the roster, who is 28. And he's a freshman, um, last name Wright. Help me out with the first name. Jacardia. Jacardia. There you go. But that kid, and he had a, a long run later in the game, but that's just another special young player that Coach Kleiman and his staff have, have at their disposal moving forward. And, man, he looked good. God, yeah. that dude, oh, man. Yeah, he looked real good. And, and hats off to Coach Klein. I mean, they got here with zero running backs on scholarship. And they found a way. I mean, they got five guys five, yeah. who have really yeah. contributed um, on a regular basis. And, and the wisdom from a coach who's been around and done it long enough, he didn't go out and get a guy. Mm-hmm. He goes, oh, shoot, we're in the Big 12. Like, yeah, we these guys are going to get beat up. I need, like, at least three, if not four or five. Yeah. And so, you know, I feel like if I were the head coach, I'd be like, all right, let's, let me just go find a guy, and then we'll, you know, we'll fill in everyone else. But he's like, shoot, I need three, four, five guys who I can trust to carry the ball and uh, and run this offense that we want. And, and he did that, and he needed every single one of them because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, a lot of those running backs have played a – played beat up and I wanted to touch on that run game because that's still I'll probably go back after the season and kind of just look at rush yards to victories and mm-hmm. you know when K-State can run the ball they usually win that that is such a true statement and the O-line did a good job Saturday night uh, creating holes you know it's one of those things where K-State kind of went back to what got them rolling early in the year. We pounded up the middle and then we got to the edge. You know, we implemented the jet sweep later in the year, which has been successful. Yep. No matter who runs the ball, you know, we didn't have nose just um, Saturday. We had uh, Youngblood that put Brooks back there, a couple other guys, and that works too. But the O-line does such a good job of uh, allowing guys to get to the edge. And even Schuyler, when he runs the speed option uh, or the little quick toss, it works significantly in the run game. Like you said, when we're, when we're running the ball well, we're tough to stop. Yeah, and, and the passing game was not there on Saturday. I no. mean, five for twelve, fifty-seven yards for Skyler, one one interception. I mean, that's a uh, that's not the stat line you want. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I off the top of my head, I remember probably three drops. Yeah, um, timely drops. That's yeah. why they. That's why I can remember them. Yes, untimely drops. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, probably would have been eight for twelve for eighty, ninety, maybe hundred yards. So mm-hmm. not not a terrible day for Skyler, but that wind really. Made it difficult to to pass the ball. We saw Iowa State with Purdy struggle as well. He's been able to throw the ball all year. So when and that's what you got to do in November football. And yeah. now now you know we're rolling in December this week. So you got to be able to run the ball late in the season, and that's when your big games are played. That's when your conference championships are played. Mm-hmm. So you really have to. I know throwing the ball around's fun, um, and I love it just as much as anyone else. But yeah. in this t- in this town. 
at Kansas State, yeah. I think it will, always has and always will come through the run game. Yeah, and I agree. And I think Coach Kleinman made a statement um, similar to what you just said earlier when he first started and he got the job. He goes, you have to be able to run the ball in the Big 12. You know, you're going to run into communities like a Manhattan, like a Ames, Iowa, um, where the, the weather is going to be not favorable and you can't pass the ball. And that's just part of it, you know. And I think K-State understands that. And you look at some of the teams, you get some of the Texas teams – Obviously, they play home games where the weather's a little bit better. But when they have to travel on the road, they can struggle at times throwing the ball with the high winds, with the snow, with the rain, with the cold. And, and, and you can say what you want to say, but it makes a difference because you get young men who are great athletes, but they get hit once in that cold, and it changes the way they play. Yeah, and I was a little surprised. It was probably, I looked over, probably mid-third quarter. But it was still anyone's ball game at that point. Kansas State sideline up on their feet, mm-hmm. having fun. Um, you know, the momentum was with us, but it's not like it had been with us for the whole game. It had been with us for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a whole lot of guys sitting on those sidelines. You look over Iowa State sidelines, <laughs> and every single one of them was sitting in those heated benches. Can you, can you blame them? Well, I mean, <laughs> no, kind of. I, I, but... I, I get it. No, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, which is surprising coming from an Iowa State team. I mean, we always made fun of the. You know, that was always a motivation point. Uh, you know, when Texas would come into town uh-huh. on a cold game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Baylor would come into town, or you'd play a non-con game. Um, and so that was always a motivation standpoint. But it's like, man, Iowa State, it's colder up there than it is here. Yeah, yeah. Like they should have been a little uh, little better acclimated. You would think. I saw a lot, like you said, I saw a lot of our guys on the, those heated benches and by the um, the fires that they had over close to the um, the bench as well. But, you know, hey, if it helps us get a win, I'll take it. You know, Shoot. however we can. And But our, our team, like you said, they, they came together defensive-wise. There were several times there was a stretch there where we couldn't do anything and offensively and they couldn't do anything offensively. So I, I think our defense allowed us to keep uh, our head straight and not to get, go into panic mode. And then we finally pulled ahead and got the momentum and kind of ran with it. So Yeah, defense played really well, especially – uh, you know, Kansas State offense, two turnovers. Uh, two turnovers. Iowa State had none, I believe. Um, so when an offense gets a turnover, obviously that's a short field for the opposing offense. That defense really has to bow up. Um, when's the last time, you know, your offense puts up under 300 total yards, <laughs> 57 passing yards, mm-hmm. two turnovers, and you still find a way to put up 27 points and win a ball game. And the only way you do that is if that defense is playing well, which they did. That's true, and, it, and they did it against a quality-ranked opponent who was coming off uh, a big win prior and just competing and understanding that, you know, we both had similar records, same records, and they know that they could be a big determining factor to which bowl game they go to. And that's a proud thing. Prior to last year, we had beat them, what, ten times in a row, I believe? Uh, I believe it was – I think we've – Going into this game, we were 9 of 10. 9 of 10, okay. Yeah, so now we're 10 of 11. 10 of 11. So, you know, and that's a pride thing. And, and if I was an Iowa State player, that's in my head thinking, hey, I don't like that streak and I don't want another streak to continue or start again. So, But K-State came to win. It was senior day. The kids were pumped up. I kind of got a chance to watch the guys pregame warming up. They were high five. They were juiced, yeah. They were, man, pregame, they were ready to go. I, I know. Hey, I was pumped up. You could have put me in the game for one play, maybe kick off <laughs> as as the security guy, maybe as the safety guy. But outside of that, I would have been done. But it was good to see those guys ready to roll. The fans were into it. The crowd, uh, the crowd was loud when they needed to be, and we played well. So it was a quality victory, sending out our seniors uh, the right way uh, with the win. Yeah, Iowa State offense really struggled. 
for most of the ball game. Purdy, 15 for 30, 185. I've got to imagine that's one of his worst, if not the worst, performance um, of his season. Only 51 yards on the ground uh, for Iowa State rushing. And so it was really defense dominated. And that's what sometimes it's hard, like, OU game. I think our defense played well, but I think OU did not play well. No. Um, I don't think we got OU's best performance. This Iowa State game, I feel like this defense created the bad performance. Yeah. Um, I feel like OU might have come out a little flat. This Iowa State team, our defense elevated their play, mm-hmm. which which forced that Iowa State offense to play poorly um, and not play well. So it was an exciting game. Um, cold, like you said. But, 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 you, but you know the fun thing about it? You know, it was cold, the wind was blowing, but at no point was I ready to lead the game because I knew Heck we were no. going to win. But the fun thing about it, and, I, and I'm going to give a shout-out to the – there was a couple of Iowa State fans around us. They were great people. You know, when we were up 14 nothing, they still were talking to us, high-fiving, this and that. And when they tied it up, we were high-fiving, and it was a fun time. But for those who didn't go to the game – you missed a great environment because Iowa State brought their whole band, yep. and they were in the south end zone. And I, I, I joked, I said, any team could bring their band except for OU because that boomer swimmer drives me nuts. But Iowa State's band, they were loud. They were having a good time. Um, they kind of uh, interacted with our band at halftime. But it was what you expect from a Farmageddon football game. It was a fun environment, respectful. It was good to see. And, 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 and one thing I will say, those helmets that Iowa State had. Oh. <laughs> I oh. was like, man, that, that, I was like, dude, that's different. Yeah. yeah. I'm a pretty, like, <laughs> most uniforms at least are neutral. Like, you know, some are better than others. But, like, yeah. I was never like, oh, those are awful. Like, that, those helmets were bad. No, well, they were bad, but not as bad as KU's. Did you see KU's helmets that they wore? Was that like a little silver thing on the bottom again? I know. Well, it was like it was like the Jayhawk. I don't know. It was a tribute to something. I couldn't tell you specifically yeah, no, what I, it was. I missed that. But they had like the extra long beak on it, and people were kind of ragging on huh. it, saying that looked like Toucan Sam from <laughs> Fruit Loops. But, well, they, they played like Toucan <laughs> Sam this week. Yeah, so. exactly. But but no, it was just it was different. You know, I, it makes it fun. You know, if, if their kids like it, good for them. But it was a fun environment overall, and. I'm glad that the team that won, won. And moving forward, we got the momentum going into the bowl game. Yeah, Iowa State fans are always good people. Actually, they're one of the probably the fan bases you get to interact with the most, especially if you head up to Kansas City yeah. for uh, for the Big 12 tournament basketball. They right. always travel really well down from Ames, probably about 50% Iowa State. Yeah. Um, and then – 30% KU, 20% K-State, right. and fill in the rest. Right. Um, that might be a little generous. Maybe 30% Iowa State. Any I don't want to give them too much credit. They're yeah. not that good at fans. No. <laughs> uh, but nice people. Nice people nonetheless. Yeah. Um, good, hardworking, blue-collar blue collar town. But how frustrating would it be to be an Iowa State fan? I mean, it's one thing when you're KU, and you're, uh, KU's obviously um, not a good football team as K-State for no. the last 10 years. No. Iowa State, you could argue – is as good year in and year out as Kansas State. I mean, flip a coin, they play. They do. Um, Any team could have beat any team for the last decade. Yeah, they they are. Yeah, they lost (laughs) 10 out of 11 times. It's crazy. And sometimes, like the old saying, we just have their number. Yep. And I'm glad we do. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's almost more frustrating. I mean, yeah, it's one thing to be, you know, if you're Iowa State and you're going, you know, you lose 10 out of 11 to OU, you know, that's that's the way. It's a lot of teams. Yeah, that's a lot of teams. Yeah. But you're – you know, kind of turn into a little bit of a fun rivalry and a little bit of a big brother, little brother from our standpoint, just because yeah. it's like, like they're better than 
losing 10 out of 11, yeah. but that's not uh, that's not how the scoreboards ended, and they've all been close games, and even this season they've all had close games. Yeah. So touching back on uh, on the weather, if you're going to be in – I'm fortunate enough I can sit somewhere where I can sit inside or outside uh, because – we have some very, very gracious friends that let us sit up there. <laughs> Don't think I can afford that. Um, <laughs> and we chose to sit outside pretty much the whole entire game. Yeah. Um, just because that the atmosphere is way more fun and you, you're actually part of the game instead of just watching it on TV, basically. Exactly. Um, if you're going to go to the game, the crowd who started the game was a pretty solid crowd. It was. Well, it wasn't full, but it was pretty darn close. Thanksgiving weekend, I get it. But if you're going to go, please stay. Yeah. I mean – if, and I saw some people making up excuses on, on Twitter and Facebook and, well, my 89-year-old grandpa was there and we got to get him back into the war. Well, don't bring your 89-year-old grandpa <laughs> to a game that's going to be 20 degrees. You know. <laughs> Give that ticket away to someone who can stay the whole entire game because it makes a difference. My wife got Raynaud's disease, which means she has terrible circulation. Her hands get black and blue when it gets cold. Very, very painful. So she hates the cold. So she didn't come. Like, I left her at home because yeah. <laughs> I knew she was going to want to leave early in the game, and I wanted to stay the whole time. Yeah. So if you're a fan, please, please, please stay if you're going to come. And if you, if you can't commit to staying the whole entire time, give your ticket to someone who will because that home field advantage does matter so, so much. Coach Kleiman will never say it. Gene Taylor will never say it. But I promise you, they want that stands full for the whole entire game. They appreciate you coming out. But if you're not going to stay, give your ticket up to someone who will. That's, that You hit it right on the head. And as a former player of both, we understand how important that is. And you can say what you want to say. It, it makes a difference. You know, somebody um, – is it, is it Rob Regal? The, the comedian, the actor? I don't know. Okay, he's a K- I don't follow Hollywood. He's a, he's a K- K- KU grad, and he had posted. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is, I think that yeah, was him, yeah. Yeah, he, he posted. Um, he went to the KU game. And, and as much as I dislike KU, for those seniors, I felt bad for those guys because that stand, it was pathetic, man. I get it. It was cold, but you had an 11 o'clock game, so it was a little bit warmer. But, you know, I know you're playing um, one of the top teams in the Big 12, but you, if you're a senior, you come out. Your family's there, but you want a decent crowd. And you can say what you want to say. Yeah, you play for team and you play for uh, each other, but it makes a difference. I couldn't imagine being a senior uh, on any team, especially K-State, and coming out and seeing the stadium half empty. And and, and like you said, if you're going to come, and and unless it's a medical emergency, that's one thing. But, you know, come on, deal with it. Dress appropriately. I think I probably have four hoodies on, three pair of socks, sweatpants, <laughs> tights, pants over that, you know, you name it. But I was comfortable where I didn't have to leave. And the walk back to the parking lot was comfortable as well. But I planned accordingly. I knew yeah. it was going to be cold. It's Kansas. Who, I know. If you've been to Kansas at least once, the wind blows. You know that. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, people who aren't prepared, it's like, guys, like, it's, it's not like some storms, like, They've been calling for that weather since Wednesday. Yeah. I mean, the weatherman nailed it right on the head. Like, it's like, yeah, it's going to be 30 degrees with 30 mile an hour gusts. That means it's going to feel like 15 stinking degrees. <laughs> like, or this isn't Tampa, Florida right now. Nah, like, we're in nah. middle of Kansas. It's cold. Yes, we are. Go to Orschelands, buy some Carhartt, <laughs> get some coveralls. <laughs> exactly. And get your butt in the stands and cheer loud. But to the ones who did come and did stay, Thank you. We appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, it and, and like Coach mentioned in the post-game interview, the crowd got loud. When defense is on the field, I'm not sure how it sounded on, on, on TV. I haven't had a chance to look at uh, look at it yet. But he said it was loud. And I can see I was there, and, and it was loud. And I could imagine that the stadium was completely full and everybody stood. And one thing I noticed I hadn't seen all year, um, some of the people on the west side who are some of the older 
uh, fans, some of the older donors who've been around for years, they were even up, standing up on oh, yeah. third down. And a lot of times the student section – and other people. But even on the west side of the stadium, they were sending up on third down, getting loud, which gave me chills. So that's awesome. Hey, good job for those who did come. And, and you guys were treated to a great game and a great victory. Sent the scenes off right. And uh, get ready for a bowl game against, you know, I tried, I tried to figure out who we're going to play, where we're going to go. Texas, Florida, man, Arizona, who knows. There's so much football to be played yet and so many scenarios that can play out. But we'll see. Yeah. Bowl games to me is kind of like recruiting. <laughs> I don't follow it until it's done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> until signing day, then I care about recruits. Exactly. Until they assign the game to us, I don't care about bowl games. Yeah. Just because there's just – I mean, K-State will recruit 100 kids and we'll get 12 of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's like why am I going to go learn about all 100 of them yeah. when 88 of them are going to end up somewhere, somewhere else? else. Yeah, so exactly. it's uh, – it's yeah, bowl games are bowl games are funny. But according to uh, Mister Mister Kellis Robinette of the uh, the Wichita Eagle, which we love Kellis, so um, here is what's on the slate: Alamo Camping World, Texas Liberty, um, and that's assuming Baylor and OU one of them makes the playoff, one makes the New York Six Bowl. Yeah. Um, so those are all solid bowls. I'd probably be happy with those. Um, I never played Alamo Camping. Texas was right before I got K State, so I never played in any of those. Yeah, um, I, my bowl games as a redshirt freshman, I went to the Copper Bowl. That was our first bowl game for K State under Snyder's era, and we played Wyoming. But the Copper, Cotton, Aloha, uh, I feel like I'm missing. Uh, I, I went to five, played in four. So Copper, Aloha, Cotton, Holiday Bowl, and Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, yeah. And if I'm not. If I'm if I'm thinking correctly, I believe all those are Arizona, Texas, or Florida. You're correct. Which the most important part about a bowl game is that it's warm. Warm. Um, <laughs> it's a warm, and it's an opponent that you can actually compete with. Unlike, yeah, Oregon when we had to play them. Yeah. <laughs> so, and the fans can travel to a yes close location, or we have a, a great fan base already there. Yeah. So. Or a direct flight out of Kansas City, which helps. So yes, yes. Which let's let's touch on bowl games just for for the listeners here. I mean, kind of give them. The uh, the bowl game experience, obviously, you know, the next 15 practices that they get um, and then traveling and just kind of give them a little overview from your um, your playing days. And obviously things, things have gotten, you know, bigger and better since then, just right. like everything else has in college football. But um, give them the little overview of what that means for this team, how important it is, especially with the extra practices for this young team, um, and just kind of the overview of bowl prep. Yeah, excuse me. Yeah, man, um, it's one of those things where um, after the excitement of finding out where you're going to go, who you're going to play, the practice sets in, you know, and it's an opportunity to prepare for your opponent and it's an opportunity to get some of the younger guys um, more reps on the offense, the defense, different schemes moving forward for next year. And it also is an opportunity for coaches to recruit um, as well because they're out and about recruiting, and that doesn't hurt to say, hey, we're playing in this bowl game on this date against this opponent. Watch us. But as a player, you know, you hear uh, during the holidays because most bowl games happen in December or January, New Year's Day. But it's an opportunity to get better. And it's so much – It's fun. it can be taxing at times, but if you're having a great practice and you you have a great game plan, which in most cases was the case for us, it can be fun. But just the opportunity to travel, um, the events that you're in, the host city makes a big difference. You know, you get some host cities who go all in for the teams coming in. You have different competitions. You get to find out about the city. You get to go different places to eat. 
You get great gift packages depending on who the sponsors are. So it's so much that you don't see behind the scenes uh, leading up to the game day. But for the players, that's why it's important. So a lot, a lot of time fans complain about a six-win team going to a bowl game. But for a player, especially a senior, it's huge because – that is so much involved with that for the for the athlete. So you want the kids to get a chance to get to a bowl game. And then financially for the conference, the Big 12 overall, you're making money for the conference, not just for your school, but for the other teams as well. So it's, it's a lot, man, but it's a positive. You know, there, sh- there shouldn't be a negative uh, for any bowl game unless you're a school who – have as a fan base if you don't make the you know the New Year's Day four or the the the, the playoff game that's different. But for everybody else, bowl games are awesome. Yeah, they're a lot of fun, and you know the extra practice time to get. I mean, just a just a nice reward at the end of the season. That's how I always kind of viewed it, and it's just a nice little vacation. I mean, it is a vacation. I mean, it's a five, six, seven day trip. Um, you know, you got a you got a game there at the end, so you can't be eating uh, eating too much fried food. But <laughs> they feed you well. You get to have some fun, go do some sightseeing. It's just a little vacation with a bunch of your teammates, which is uh, which you know, which are your best friends. Yeah. So well, one one thing I'm curious about is as good as Coach Snyder was over the last 25 years. Mm-hmm. He struggled in bowl games. He did. His bowl game record, I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but it was not um, – I mean, it was not good. I know for us, and out of the five bowl games I went to and played in, we were three and two. We, we won one, lost one, won one, lost one. So, yeah, and it was just like every I was over three. <laughs> it was every other year, but I don't know. I, I, I can't explain why, but it's just one of those things. I don't know if we – and. I, I hate the term overprepared, but you know as well as I do, some of our practices were long. Oh yeah, you know, and, and that was that was camp two point Yeah, and and, <laughs> and 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 guys now that play with us and before would tell you, man, it was could be overbearing at times, and I don't I don't know if that played a part in it or not, but you know, it was something that we struggled with at times. Yeah, I think I think there was probably. Two parts to maybe why that struggle. One, you mentioned just tired legs, and uh, you know, coach kind of viewed that as camp 2.0, especially for those young guys. Yep. Um, he was, I mean, he wanted to win that bowl game, but he viewed that as 15 practices to get better for the next season. Yep. You know, to go try to win the conference championship. Mm-hmm. So I think that was number one. Number two, you know, his teams always won one or two games they probably shouldn't have won. <laughs> so they were sitting at eight, nine, ten wins when they were probably a six, seven, eight win team. And so they were getting matched up against some teams that might have been a little better than them. So, nah, you were, man. Um, I mean, us, I mean, my sophomore year against uh, Syracuse, well, we should have won that game. Yeah, yeah, I should uh, With yeah. the stupid salute. With yeah. Adrian Hilburn, <sighs> love you, man. That was, you got screwed on that one. Yes, you did. Um, yes, you did. <laughs> no one blames you on that one. Oh. So, uh, that one, and then junior year against a really good Arkansas team. Uh, I think Ryan Mount was quarterback down there at that time. Mm-hmm. And then uh, obviously a very good uh, Oregon team yeah. my senior years. So I think that that's probably the biggest factor, I think, is just you know, Coach always found a way to win two games he probably shouldn't shouldn't have won. And, uh, which is great, but then that matches you up against a really good, uh, a good postseason, team, yeah. postseason opponent. But, so. that, but that you know, ultimately as a player, that's what you want. You know, you, you, oh, want, yeah, you, want, you want to win the game, but you don't want to play a team that you know you're going to steamroll. And it's one of those things where you go into a game and you know, K-State, we traditionally, we love being an underdog, and, and that's okay, and we thrive, you know. And real quick before we go to break, um, you know, I've had conversations about bowl games and such, and, and I was fortunate enough to play in the Aloha Bowl, and it was one of those situations where when we left and we flew out of Manhattan um, and connected, I want to say, in San Francisco, then ended up flying to Hawaii, but we were in Hawaii for 10 days. Ooh. And, and Exactly, and, you know, 
called me crazy, and most people would think I was crazy. But day four, I was ready to come home. Oh, and and <laughs> you're doing Hawaii wrong. I know, but that's the thing about it. We we had some free time, and I use that term loosely. <laughs> we had some free time, but there was you know, and think about it. That's you're you're in Hawaii and you're enjoying the the sights and and the the weather, but you're practicing. And and it's a Coach Snyder coach team, and he expects a lot out of the kids, and and Coach does so much so much for us. But you know, it was one of those things where ten days got to be long. Yeah, and it was crazy. People think I'm like, man, ten days in Hawaii? Are you? I'm like, yeah, maybe I was, and I was young. So it was one of those things where we had a blast, and, we, and unfortunately, we lost the game to a a good Boston College team. But it, you know, it was a great experience. Yep. No, that's exciting, and so that that'll be it'll be fun to see though that Coach Kleiman led uh, postseason. It's new for him too. I mean, he's a you know F, uh, FCS guy, uh, you know, used to running through. A, I don't know how long their playoff is four, yeah. five, six weeks maybe. Yeah. Um, so this is new to him as well. He's learning. He's figuring it out as he goes. Um, and so it'll be curious to see if his postseason record, um, you know, if he can find a way to be a little bit better than the, than the guy he's trying to fill his shoes in. So yeah. But. Y'all good? I'm good, man. You know, hey, feeling good about the season. I'm happy about the season. Man, me too. Eight and four is further than what most expected, including me. Um, I was happy to make it to six wins, bowl game, and keep guys healthy and keep people happy as far as the fan base. And I think Coach Kleiman and his staff have exceeded that times ten. And I look forward to the bowl game. Yeah, should be fun. Texas. If it's drivable in Texas, I might uh, I might find my way down there. Yeah, me too. Florida, I'm probably not going to get on a plane flight. No offense. Not going to happen. <laughs> not no offense. Just I mean, it's just it's it's time, December's expensive. Time, I mean, it's time expensive of year, time yeah. of the year and time it. of life. And yeah. you know, when I'm 50 years old and sitting on a big old 401k or something, maybe maybe I'll feel comfortable to drop two grand to go yeah. watch the Cats play. But if, if I can get a good flight down there, and if any of my former teammates are down there that want to put me up, hey, let me know. I might make that trip. Shoot. But <laughs> The Monty Spiller GoFundMe Bowl Game Fund. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so, awesome. Well, who we uh, who we bringing on this week? All right, man. We're speaking of Florida. He's from Florida. A good buddy of mine, um, Mario Smith. We call him Hitman. Probably one of the most – ferocious safeties in K-State history. I was fortunate enough to um, play with Mario. He was a couple years older than me when I came in, but he kind of took me under my wing and uh, showed me the ropes. But uh, I'm excited to bring him on. He's doing a lot of great things down in the state of Florida. So uh, we're going to bring him back here shortly. Awesome. Sounds good. We'll take a break real quick. And when we get back, we'll have Mario on the line and get to visit with him. The Tannehill and Spiller Powercat Podcast is sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. The Fridge is your source for all of your tailgate and party needs. The Powercat Podcast will be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And now we return to the Tannehill and Spiller Powercat Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Welcome back. We got Mario Smith on the line with us. Monty, thanks for lining that up. Mario, how you doing? I'm doing well yourself. Oh, we're doing all right. Doing all right. First off, kind of give us uh, give us the overview just for the refresh the fans' memory. What years you play? Um, what uh, you know highlights of your career? Just quick little highlights of your resume, and then where you're at now. What you're doing with life, and how how's life going for you? Um. So. The years that I played was from 92 to 97, a five-year span, um, and had a pretty good run at it. And uh, currently, uh, I'm a school owner, a private school for for all males, and it's a school that we're developing that's around athletics. Um, and I say that to say uh, going to college taught me a lot of that because we spent a lot of time in the film room, spent a lot of time doing all those other things that, uh, just some of the concepts that allow student athletes to build on some of those things from uh, sports media to sports medicine to uh, coaching, uh, from being an agent to sports management, all those different things, and just putting it in a one atmosphere where a kid can already be prepared before they even get to college. So um, it's been a little journey. That's currently what we're doing, but I've, I've had the, the luxury of working at my old high school for 13 years before uh, we jumped into that venture. And I say we, uh, my wife and I, before we jumped into the venture of starting our own school, um, and it, I got a lot of experience from there, uh, coached up some guys that uh, have gone on to major colleges and uh, even some guys that have gone on to the NFL. So uh, we took the chance on going out on our own and just, developing uh, what we think would be the ideal school for the student-athlete here in South Florida. Right. So, for Mario, for the listeners um, that may not be familiar, I am familiar with it, um, tell them the name of your school and and where you're located. Uh, The name of the school is True Prep Academy, and we are located here in the Miami Gardens area of Miami, Florida, uh, where I grew up at, um, which is probably about 10 minutes away. And we currently have a K through 12 um, school where student athletes could come to get their education first, and then our PE is them going to the gym and going outside and getting that type of activity. So um, we're located right here in Miami Gardens, Florida. Right on, right on. You know, I, and I was talking to Trav a little bit about uh, playing with you and having the opportunity to come in as a young guy and how you took me under your wing, not just on the football field but in the weight room and, and outside of the complex as well. And it's always good, you know, just like we had former players prior to you on the show, um, it's always good to reach reach touch base and reach out to you guys to let the listeners know, you know, that it's more than uh, this football player as an athlete. Uh, and, and that right there kind of proves to you, you know, as far in the, as far as being a man in your community and doing what 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 you kind of wanted to do outside of football, it, it speaks volumes about how the program in K State continues to put out quality individuals on a daily basis. Um, did you get a chance to watch the game this past weekend? Uh, I didn't have a chance. I was actually on a cruise, uh, cruising through the Caribbean. <laughs> so, but I, I was checking checking on the scores. I definitely saw the scores. That port, of, that port of Miami makes it too easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, tr- trust me. 
I guarantee most people that were at the game would probably trade their spaces with you in a heartbeat. Um, it was uh, pretty uh, bad weather, cold, the wind was blowing, and uh, yeah, it wasn't favorable in my eyes, but I went to the game as well as, as well as Trav. But we got the win, and um, Coach Kleiman and the staff is doing a, a good job um, up here with the team as well. So we were happy about the win. Yes, indeed. I, I, I think it's one of those typical Iowa State games that we usually play back in the day, where it's pretty cold, it's rainy, uh, and the conditions. And you, you, uh, that may uh, they may have upgraded the, the the heaters on the sideline, but I remember we had gas heaters, and everybody would be bundled around the heater. It's like you know, but uh, it's one of those typical games I, 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 that you're telling me about that when we play them late in the season, and it's. Uh, unfavorable conditions and you have to you have to have ball control so i can pretty much see uh exactly what what the game was like during that time because we played in many of them um <laughs> even one in des moines which was very memorable i want to say in like 93 or 94 when they had a streaker yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I remember that game you're right you're right <laughs> Oh geez, I, <laughs> I was four years old, so I don't remember that one. But yeah, uh, that's uh, that's funny. I didn't, we might need to look that up. <laughs> oh man, we were winning during that time, and then uh, after that, oh, the game went downhill. Like we yeah. sort of, <laughs> man, maybe that's a new strategy. I know. Maybe, uh, we'll, we'll let Monty take one for the team, and no. if we see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. So, Mario, it, it, obviously, with your with your school, you're you're developing athletes. You're developing the education side, and, and obviously, I'm assuming, you know, from a character standpoint, you're trying to get these guys disciplined um, for some off the field stuff as well. Obviously, you played under Coach Snyder, who um, is known for and not negative, positive, just the way he is. I mean, he runs a tight ship. Um, he, yes, he demands discipline. He demands excellence. Um, and he monitors that. And if, you, uh, if you're slipping, he's going to find out within about a minute. Um, exactly. This Coach Kleiman program, from what it sounds like, is a little more of a player's coach, a little more he allows those players to self-police themselves. Um, and as long as you're not uh, causing them too much issues um, and, you know, the, the, the easiest way I like to say it is Coach Snyder has people sitting at your classroom making sure you're going to classroom. <laughs> Coach Kleiman lets you go to class. If you want to go to class, great. If you don't want to go to class, great. You should be in class. But if you don't, if you can get an A, then you're good. If you get an F, we're going to have problems. So from yes, your indeed. standpoint, of, from an academic and a character side, developing young people in your program, which um, style do you think works better with these young people? Or just kind of what's your opinion on the player's coach versus the more rigid program style? Well, so I think more so of, of, of seeing both styles and now being kids who have the, the, the use of social media or the use of online classes, it's a, it's a different day and age where kids are able to do some of the work and not even go to class or uh, be able to pick up some of the notes online. So it's a different era, and I think that you need – honestly, I think that the kids need to have that type of foundation early on before it actually – uh, you just let them go wild, uh, and not just go wild, but be able to do those type of things where you don't have to monitor them. So you, there, there's a trust that's built up, and I think once that trust is built up, the kids are going to be able to do any and run through a wall for you, any and everything for you. Watching the current 
status of the team, you know, and, and I'm pretty sure you've seen them on, on TV as well. I know you made it up to a game earlier this year. The kids are having fun. They they make a few more mistakes, and as far as penalties that we would, and and we were joking uh, a couple weeks ago about how um, the young man, um, young blood, when he scored a touchdown and he did a little dance and against Tech and and uh, he got a penalty afterwards. You know, Coach Snyder probably would have sat him for the rest of the game, or or you wouldn't have seen him. But Coach Kleiman talked to him a little bit, and a couple of plays later he was back in. And I think today's young man, young individual athlete, you have to give them a little more flexibility because they are different. They're different than you and I. They're different than Trav and his class, and, and it's kind of needed. So uh, tell me your thoughts on that. Well, I think the whole game is different, even from the way you tackle people. I think that <laughs> uh, the way I played the game is a whole lot different, and the way we played the game is a whole lot different. Uh, I think I've been sitting a lot of times on the sideline or ejected a few times. Yeah, you, uh, so you have to change with the times, you know. Yeah. Um, and that just, that just speaks volumes of the, the, the evolutionary change that happens over time. Uh, things don't stay the same. And when you get a new regime in, uh, things tend to, to, to go towards what that coach feels is necessary. And he's had success doing so um, at North Dakota State. So if he brings that philosophy here to K-State and he's winning, you know, by, by, by far let him do what he needs to do in order for K-State to be a successful team. Yeah, yeah. It's funny you say that, man. Uh, I, I think about a couple of games, you know, the first ever Big 12 game that we played up uh, here in town against Texas Tech and then the, the Cotton Bowl against BYU when you nearly decapitated that one guy, the receiver, you know, has, has been showed several times on highlights uh, here at the, here in Manhattan at the stadium and on videos and hype videos. And, yeah, the game has changed. And, and I was talking to Trav prior to us uh, getting started about, you know, being able to play with you and some of the hits you made in practice. And you, you remember very well the Saturday morning scrimmages that we would have prior to the season started or if we had a bye week, we would scrimmage on a Saturday morning and some of the hits. <laughs> And, and a lot of people don't understand how much the game has changed. And, and I get why it has for safety purposes, which, yes. I, which I understand that 100%, and I, I support that. But outside of the BYU hit, and I know you had a couple of uh, pick sixes. I remember in Missouri you had uh, a pick six in the end zone that went 99 yards, I believe, correctly. What, what's some of your highlights? Tell the fans and the listeners some of your favorite highlights as a player here at K-State. Oh man, some of my favorite highlights as a as a player uh, weren't even my own. It was seen uh, more so of because I couldn't see mine until I went back in and watched the video. But it was more so watching a Kevin Rocket make a one-handed catch against Colorado. Oh, yeah. uh, seeing an Andre Anderson in the Cotton Bowl catch the ball with one hand on the side of his head to hail Mary. Seeing uh, seeing the offensive guys make plays, you know. Uh, it wasn't more so mine. Mine was for them to watch, and, and, and it was just exciting to see our offense move the ball and make plays. So it was more so of uh, me watching the other side, you know. Uh, but I guess one, I, th- I would say if it was a more favorable game that I'd ever played in, it was probably the Holiday Bowl in 95 where I was the uh, defensive MVP. Yeah. And uh, it was more so of, I forget the other safety's name. He won the he won the Jim Thorpe Award over was, Chris, and I was like, "How is this yeah. safety?" You know, so it was all almost all like our defensive backs against theirs. Like, how did he win the defensive yeah. the, the the Jim Thorpe Award over Chris? Oh, well, we got to go out and do something about this. Yo. So, um, <laughs> took a person. <laughs> 
Yes, indeed. Yep, yep. Definitely. I remember that, yeah. And I think um, Brian Kavanaugh got the <laughs> offensive MVP that game um, as well, and you got the defensive MVP. So that was, uh, yeah, that was against Colorado State. That was a heck of a game. You were right. Yep. Yes, indeed. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that, that attitude right there is what, what made you guys so special. And, and I mean, watch, there's literally nothing better than watching your teammates go out there and make plays and prepare and work hard during the, during the week and then to go out there and watch your guys. And I'm sure it's only, uh, you know, you were a high school coach. Mine's a high school coach. It only gets exaggerated, uh, you know, when you're, when you're a coach and you're watching your guys go out there and perform and play well. So that's why you guys were so special. When's, uh, when's the last time you made it to Manhattan for a bowl game? Um, if K-State makes a bowl game down in Florida, uh, will you make the, uh, the short trip over there to watch the Cats play? If, if they make it to the Florida, I definitely will make it to see them play. Uh, the last time I w- was in Manhattan, it was when they played Oklahoma State this year. Uh, the, the game before they played uh, in the homecoming game against Oklahoma. And uh, it was a very good game. I'm, I'm very pleased with what we have going on, and I think we're in the, in, in, headed in the right direction. And I've asked a couple other guys this question, too. Tell me your thoughts on the alternative uniforms, man, the white helmets uh, with the power cat and the white helmets with the script cats on it as well. What's your thoughts on those? My thought is, where were they when we were there? <laughs> <laughs> that's what most everybody says. I, I think that's consensus, man. I think everybody feels that way. <laughs> you know, just to have something different, you know. But, I mean, we were in the traditional what Coach Snyder wanted, and, and that was what he wanted during that time. And I think more so with Klein being a, a player's coach, uh, they, they've opened it up to say, hey, we can do this, you know. And I think that that will even change over time. So, and to get good recruits in there, you have to be able to compete not only with the facilities, but with the uniforms and everything else that goes along in this uh, ever-changing uh, college football match to, to get the, the student-athletes in there that are going to be able to bring the championships to the, to the school. No, I agree with it. And, like, so much has changed, and, and the culture changed with the music, the uniforms, um, the schemes on offense and defense, and just the fact that we are competing in the Big 12 where they recruit all over the country, and we need to continue to get kids from Florida like yourself, people from Texas, in-state, Kansas. Like I said, we, I think we won the state of Kansas this year as far as recruiting, but we need to continue to do that and, and moving forward. And I think Coach Kleiman and his staff have the right idea. Um, before I let you go, anything you want to say to the fans and the listeners out there about K-State football, um, what you think about the season and, and moving forward? Uh, what I think about the season, I think we came out and did a pretty good job for him being a first-year coach. Uh, I look forward to it getting better and better each each year. Um, I would say to all of our fans, give them a chance because they we did have a winning season this year and there is some improvement, but we have to be open to change. And I think during this era, if we're open to change, we're going to see the different recruits. We're going to see the different uniforms. We're going to see a little different of everything else. And, you know, we are the Snyder kids doing that post, that, that, that era. But now we have a new regime that's in there. I think we need to support him to go f- further so that we are able to get the better recruits in to have uh, what we're looking for as, uh, as a team. And, you know, those Big 12 championships and, and possibly even the national championship. Hey, so. hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think uh, we're all on the same page. Everyone's pretty happy. Eight wins. Hopefully didn't set the bar too high. Hopefully next year we can uh, get back to that mark. Losing five guys at offensive line, that's my biggest worry. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? That's part of it. That makes part it, of it. makes it fun. Makes yep, it fun. Exactly. Definitely. Definitely. Those guys that are behind them now have to step up. That's uh, I want to say that's just like when 
uh, Jamie Mendez, Thomas Randolph, Kit Rollins, and all those guys left out. Coach uh, Stoops had to replace that secondary. So um, when the challenge is up, you know those guys arrive to the occasion if they have a great coach in that position that are going to push them and, and be on them. So um, I have faith in what these guys are doing. So um, let's let's continue to root them on and, 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 and get behind them with all we know. Yeah, I agree 100%, man. Hey, I really appreciate you taking time for us. Um, take care of yourself. Good luck with your school moving forward. I'm definitely keep following you. And uh, if, if K-State does end up going to Florida, I kind of made a comment earlier in, in the podcast where any of my Florida brothers, uh, if I need somewhere to stay, I might hit you up. So, <laughs> Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, Mike Lawrence is in Tampa. I'm here in Miami. Eric Hickson is down there coaching at Miami yep, yep. Uh, University. So, um, we're we're here. Darren Howard is in, in Tampa as well. Yep. So uh, a lot of the guys are back home, um, and you know there's more than enough space for you guys to come and visit. You oh, know, yeah. so and Daryl Harvard is moving here. Okay. In another week or so. So so uh, Big D, Big D here, Dallas boy. So he moving to Florida, huh? Yes, it is. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for your time, Mario. Uh, appreciate it. And uh, hopefully uh, next time we're in Manhattan, for sure, hit me and Monty up. We'll uh, we'll grab a beer pregame or postgame and uh, look forward to meeting you in person and appreciate all you did for K-State. Thank you. You guys have a great day. All right. Take care, brother. Awesome. I'm going to – I've seen him flash across highlight reels, yeah. you know, in, in the, the main, you know, the ones that always get repeated. I know there's one, oh, yeah. two, three of his shots in there. But uh, after the show, I'm going to go – I'm going to go watch, like, his highlight yeah, reel. Yeah, if you if you haven't had a chance to watch Rio's Mario Rio, we call him Rio. If you haven't had a chance to watch his highlights, and, and if you're a fan of defense and big hits, I highly recommend you go check it out because we call him the hit man, and uh, he, he lived up to it. So Well, that's the thing. I mean, now those hits don't – Oh. Like, they, they don't have big hit highlight reels no, anymore because they're illegal. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, you get ejected. Like, yeah. he, he wouldn't play half the season. <laughs> the Dude, <way> he... <laughs> that sounds like he might have been ejected like second quarter of every game. Probably so. But, yeah. But, no, man, uh, he was one of my favorite uh, teammates I had. He, like I said, he looked after me as a young player and uh, kind of gave me words of wisdom and, and taught me the way to play the safety position at the collegiate level. And I was fortunate to call him teammates. So, it is what it is. But. Moving forward, so um, bowl game, um, not sure where we'll go, but before we uh, finish up here, I, I want to give a shout-out to you, Trav. It's been a blast um, doing this podcast with you uh, for this season, kind of inaugural season. I, Shoot, guess you I know, call it's it. been fun. It's been fun, man. Uh, to all the listeners that have been you know, following us every week, we appreciate you, and uh, hopefully this continues. Yeah, no, absolutely, and uh, I'm sure they'll, they'll bring us in We'll get to come in once or twice here during the offseason, I'd imagine, talk a little recruiting, you know, just spring game. I'm sure there's always a handful, you know, half dozen reasons between now and uh, oh, yeah. the season. And we got the bowl game coming up, so I'm sure yeah. we'll, uh, we'll we'll get a little airtime here. Uh, pre-bowl game, probably post-bowl game. Um, so two more times here before the end of the year. But make sure you're uh, you're sharing this with your friends. Make sure uh, you're getting the word out. I know I love when people come up to me around town um, and say, uh, you know, they appreciate what we're doing, having a good time, talking uh, K-State football. Yeah. So with all yeah. that, Y'all good? I'm all good, Ready to wrap man. Wrap her up. Hey, successful season, eight and four, about to be nine and four. Uh, finish the season right, get some recruits in, and looking forward to the bowl game and the 2020 season as well. You know, it feels good to be a cat. Absolutely, I just feel it just feels like it's headed in an upward trajectory, which I, is I agree. Uh, which is always a good place to be. So, as always, thanks for listening. Eight and four. 
Beat our little brother Iowa State. Beat our little brother <laughs> KU. Beep. Knocked off an excellent Oklahoma team. Yes. Yes. So a lot of uh, a big non-con win. New staff. A lot of holes that had to be filled. Fought through injuries. Just uh, just an exceptional season all around. So for Monty Spiller, I'm Travis Tannehill. Appreciate you guys listening. Go Cats. You've been listening to the Tannehill and Spiller Power Cat Podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Power Cat Podcast, all rights reserved, gopowercat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.